0: Learn Persian with Trying Conversation. Interview with the real Tara June. This is Leila Shams, host of Learn Persian with Chai and Conversation, with a conversation with the real Tara Jun. This interview is a little different than the ones we usually do. Tara is a social media content creator, which is not our general interview target. But she has amassed a massive following on TikTok with almost a million followers. And even though she just started Instagram a few months ago, she has over 200,000 followers there as well. Her videos really resonate with people from all over the world, but here's the interesting thing. She's Iranian, with an accent, and is a proud Muslim that wears hijab. The thing that stood out to me is that most of her followers are not Iranian or Muslim, and most of her fans don't even comment on the fact that she's an Iranian Muslim scarved woman. They just focus on her comedy and relatable stories about her husband and things like eating snacks. If you scroll through her comments enough, though, you'll see some hateful ones, and most of them are from, well, Iranians. So I really wanted to talk to her and see what her take was on this, where she came from, how she started, and her relationship to Iranians and the diaspora. She was actually a bit hesitant to talk to me at first, saying that having her on the podcast would be controversial for me and likely to bring some unwanted attention, to which I thought, let's bring it on. We talk about a ton of topics on this conversation and really dive deep into what it means to be an Iranian woman living in the U.S. and being different than the L.A. stereotype we have of Iranian women. I know there will be a lot of opinions on this conversation, but I hope you'll listen to it with an open mind. And with that, here's the real Tara Jun on Learn Persian with Chai Conversation. Okay, so Tara Jun, thank you so much for talking with me today. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I've been following you for a long time on TikTok. And then now you recently came to Instagram. So I've been following you there. And uh, you make hilarious videos about your life and uh, <laughs> about all these issues. I actually found you. I was looking for um, like Farsi lessons uh, oh. on. Yeah, that's actually how I found you on TikTok. Yeah. I was like, is anybody some- else? about Farsi
1: lessons. Had to yeah, say certain things. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I was looking
0: up. There's not anyone you know that does it exclusively. So then I was like, you know, is TikTok a place I need to go? And then I found your videos teaching words and just saying, write this down, okay? Ah. <laughs> exactly. And know. it hooked me exactly. It hooked yeah. me. So you have how you have over nine hundred thousand now on TikTok? Yes, nine hundred thousand. Okay, and you're approaching two hundred thousand already on Instagram, it's and fantastic. just the numbers are growing. But uh, yes. Yeah. So sure. we'll get to that in a bit. Um, I want to talk about where were you and and, and if people haven't seen you on TikTok, what's your uh, what's your handle name? It's
1: the real dot June. Okay. And, yeah, yeah, Instagram, on, and
0: TikTok, and YouTube. Yep. And you just started YouTube. So Tara just started a YouTube channel and um she has her entire background. She has a 26 minute video about her background, <laughs> which I've seen like a three-minute version. So if it's anything like that, it's gonna be very interesting.
1: But let's recap a little bit about where were you born? Where did you grow up? Yes, actually, I was born in Tehran, Iran. And I always tell people it's not pronounced Iran. (laughs) Tell me, I'm going to say how many miles did you run? So (laughs) I always make sure I teach people. I I take that moment to teach people about how to pronounce Iran. But yes, I was born in Tehran uh, when I was about seven. We moved to Sweden in a Mm -hmm. very small town called Istredd. And then after I was done, uh, I think, fourth grade Uh, we moved back to actually fifth grade I think I finished fifth grade and then we moved back to Tehran and the war was over then so uh, things were really (laughs) uncertain and just like really chaotic Um, but I didn't like it I didn't want to come back to Iran because you know I was just so comfortable there in Sweden now But um, I had a lot of hard times with the educational system in Tehran because it was all about memorizing this, memorizing that. But I was in love with Persian language and I just absolutely loved it. And then once I finished middle school and high school in Tehran, we moved here to America. Uh, We resided in North Carolina Then went to college and here I am. And so when did you learn English? So actually, um, you know how... In school, like high school, you learn Spanish, French, or English. Same thing in Iran. Like your English just, you know, my grammar was very good, you know, but I could not speak it. And I couldn't understand the Southern accent when we came. I'm like, what is this? This is not, <laughs> this is not English. Yeah. So I had no clue. Like the only, I remember the only like words that I could understand was and, or, hi, and by. <laughs> Me, how you doing i was like what like <laughs> how are you that's how i was taught right right <laughs> so it was it was very difficult
0: very yeah. difficult yeah okay but your accent is so good and you're so yeah so
1: natural I'm, on you i i like languages you know when i went to take uh, spanish for um for myself i just loved you know to learn it um the teacher said, Have you studied Spanish before? I was like, No, this is my first class. And she's like, You got the accent down. I was like, Good. Nice. So I think I just have the ability to, you know, learn it real good, whatever right. language it is. Yeah. Right. And I'm interested
0: in Iranians that moved to southern states. Uh, so did you feel like they had that whole tradition of Ta'aruf down? Was that something that was a good, it wasn't a big cultural difference?
1: No, it wasn't. It was really smooth, actually, because they have this thing they say, I'm going to let you go now. Like that's that's my signal <laughs> to go, right? So it wasn't it wasn't direct. You know, Iranians are not very direct. So they were not direct either. So it kind of was a good match, you know. <laughs> I don't need to go. I can stay here. No, no. Um
0: I'll let you we'll go. go. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good point. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people ask me about Tarof and they say, "Oh, they're so annoyed with it or and a lot of them have moved to the Northeast and then they say, "Ah, yeah. oh, isn't this so much better that we could just go to the store? I say, oh, you don't live in Texas. Like you don't go to the store and just buy something. You say, how are you? Oh, you got kids. How are you kids? How's this? How's that? You can't just buy a thing and leave the store. <laughs>
1: it's just like. You kind of talk about your whole life, you know, at right. that three minute period exactly. while you're waiting in line to get to the cashiers. <laughs> exactly. So you went to college and what did you study in college? So I studied computer science, like a good Iranian girl, you know what I mean? Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. But then in my third year, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, I would like write programming and then I would miss a semicolon. And I'm like, we'll be at it for like months <laughs> trying to figure out. I miss the semicolon, right? But yeah, I just didn't like it so much. So I went um, and kind of looked into healthcare professions. I wanted to do pharmacy. That was a long years of studying and testing. It was like, um, so I kind of settled with X-ray, X-ray school and I studied that. And now I just do mammograms. So and I really like it, but I like this better, content creation. And so
0: now tell me a little bit about one big thing about you is that you wear hijab and Mm -hmm. that's very uncommon for Iranians (laughs) that move to the United States. Mm -hmm. So let's start talking about that a little bit. So what is your what's your history with Islam? Like is your family so you were born pre revolution. Um, a running well, joke uh, on you. It was, was close by. I was born in 1979. Okay. So, so you're born at the revolution. So what is your family's history with, uh, with being Muslim and what is your history of it?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny you say that because I remember my gra- grandma saying that, um, during her time when she went to, you know, the streets and wore the scarf, they would pull it from her head. Yes. So she had to stay home and kind of, you know, practice her religion safely. So that was something I always heard her say. And then my grandpa always taught us about ethics and how to have good manners, you know, good Mm -hmm. character. So then because one of the things my friends say that because you have you didn't live in Iran long enough to to have that religious trauma. Yes. Right. Now, I did have it. And during middle school and high school, I did have it, but because it was a short period of time compared to my friends, for example, who went to college, university, and had so many issues, you know, um, about their scarf, especially being forced upon them, which I totally condemn, 110%, yes. I do <laughs> condemn it. <laughs> right. Um, so, but then I moved to U.S., I was about 17, 18 years old, and I met all these American Muslim women who converted, you know, with different backgrounds, and they love the religion so beautifully, and openly, and just with pride. And I was like, wow, this is fascinating. So I I befriended a lot of them. And I learned a lot about my own religion that I was not taught. Wow, It's all about, you know, you know, make sure your hair doesn't show, make sure you don't drink alcohol, and make sure you pray on time but they're like, um, religion of Islam is all about manners and, and being a good human being and being good to others. And it's like, they never taught us this in school. <laughs> Yet my, my, my family and my grandpa and my grandma, they always emphasize on this, but the school and you know, just outside world was just so harsh. Right. Your hair is showing. I remember specifically my teacher saying, your hair is showing. Um, and we're going to call your parents tomorrow. We're going to have a meeting. I'm like, there's 700 girls in one school. There's no men. There's no guys. What the heck? (laughs) And as a Muslim family, that's really hard to have somebody tell you that. Because you feel like you're practicing it to the fullest and someone comes and tells you that. That is religious trauma. All of us have it in different, you know, I guess, intensities, (laughs) Right? right? But when I tell people that, they're like, no, you don't have it. You don't understand it. I right. do understand it. And it's really sad for me because I'm like, that is not my religion. Right. To go around and then, you know, kind of be mean at people. Right. Uh, not compassionate and say, oh, your hair is showing I can see poking out. <laughs> like, right.
0: What? And you're right. It's all this baggage because it also got, you know, conflated with the revolution and all right. this hard stuff on death and you know, rules and like political saying, stuff.
1: It's just political. Exactly. Yeah.
0: exactly. So there's a lot of trauma and people uh, you know combine the two unfairly and unfairly a lot of
1: for sure. And I and I get a lot of messages on Instagram from ladies, Iranian women. Oh my yes, god. Which will yeah. <laughs> which I'd love to
0: get very deep into. Yes.
1: It's never ending. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but what about I am curious too, what about in Sweden? How was your and did you wear, did you start wearing hijab at nine and you never let go? Or was there a return or anything like yes, that? Yes,
1: uh, I did wear it then. And I remember my mom specifically tell, begging me to stop wearing it. And I didn't. I was like, stop telling me to take it off. So, you know, a lot of people say it was, you know, forced for my parents. But I just did want it to wear it too. So. so your mom doesn't wear it? She does. Okay. But she take it off. Like, you don't have to wear it. Okay yeah so I mean you know people have different stories to tell different um, I guess variations of how someone came about to be a Muslim proud Muslim that is but we always asso- associate Iranians with the revolution with with the government yeah I get messages from people saying you get paid by them. I'm just so offended like it just breaks my heart you know this coming from an Iranian it just breaks my heart of course.
0: I have an anecdote that I heard. So my family moved to Texas, and I was three and a half when we moved to Texas. Mm -hmm. I heard a story on NPR maybe 20 years ago about this Turkish woman who, similar to your grandma, she said that, you know, I moved to Dallas in the 90s. That's where we were, Dallas. Uh, Dallas in the 90s. And, you know, in Turkey, when I wore hijab, people would spit at me. They would pull off my headscarf, all these things. But then I came to Dallas, and I would walk down the street, and no one would look at me twice. Yes. And I... I totally had that experience as well, growing up as an Iranian, not with hijab, but uh, in Dallas, you know, people were so accepting and so open. And I was like, wow, this is very interesting. Yeah. But so now let's get into um, your start in TikTok. And then I want to get very deep into this whole criticism thing. (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> from Iranian woman, which yes, I, oh yes, I totally understand. But yeah. How, so when did you make your first TikTok video and what was that whole process?
1: In 2019, I started a page about skincare non-toxic products that you can use around your home, uh, for your skin, for your body, whatever, because I have asthma and allergies. And every time I use something that has like a very strong, you know, smell, I would just get into like a little asthma attack. So I started that page. I even had a blog. I made little money, <laughs> and then TikTok came about because it was a pandemic. And then my brother was like, "Get on TikTok, since your blog is not making as much money as I thought it would." <laughs> I was like, "Another social media?" No. So one day he just yelled at me. He said, "Just get on it. I'm telling you, there are people there like growing massively, because my page that I was working on, I only grew it to like 4,000 followers in a year, and that oh, was wow. just." Like- I was tired. Right? Where was of- it? It was just a blog? It was just blog and Instagram page. Okay. So okay. Two places. Yeah. So I did. And um, I just I just started by lip syncing because, you know, lip syncing <laughs> is a big deal on TikTok. I mean, I don't know how much TikTok you watch, but that's that's a big deal. A lot of people, you know, kind of grow their, Inst- I mean, TikTok page just by lip syncing. Okay. What kind of things so, were you lip syncing? Just Just different things nothing in particular that you know stood out just anything that I felt like was (laughs) Was like trending or yeah yeah I was trending because I feel like who who's going to listen to my story who wants to even look at me because I wear the scarf I'm a Muslim I'm Iranian I'm woman oh my gosh no one wants to like (laughs) you know hear anything about me so the lip syncing was a way for me to figure TikTok out and I did picked it out but after a while, I was like, let me just put my voice on one of my videos. And I, I don't like my voice, you know? What? Okay. Don't, I don't know. <laughs> so I did a video with, with a Persian accent. When, when I, I think I was saying something like, this is how you say the colors in Farsi, Persian accent. Like, green, <laughs> right? Even viral, crazy viral. I was like, what?
0: People like this stuff? Wow. so yeah
1: I, I mean, I, and you were I,
0: so you never talked about cleaning products
1: no <laughs> no <laughs> okay. it just changed direction I call it pivoting you know how you do okay. it okay. it's, it's towards the same goal but you're pivoting a little bit interesting okay yeah okay. yeah <laughs> I think I just made one video and it didn't do good so I think people wanted to hear about me and I was like really so I started <laughs> I started practicing how to make videos and Kind of be in front of camera because I didn't like it. Um During the time that I had my blog and my Instagram page, the previous one, I did not even post one picture of myself. Wow! Into one video, it was just like text and pictures of you know products and stuff. Uh, so this was a big deal for me to be in front of camera. I think it was not my comfort zone. And you <laughs> yeah. said like you weren't a comedian or something,
0: right? Like you were? I was not. I I never saw myself as a comedian. Did your family like? Was your brother, since he was encouraging you so much? I think he was think- the com- more comedic than
1: I was growing <laughs> up. It okay. was more funny. I was just more listening and laughing at him. You know, he okay. was very really funny. He could just do accents. He can do like different accents. To does post- he have a TikTok? No, you know, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. but, like you know. It just things change. You know, okay. I think once you like get to a certain age, things change. Like when I got to forty, I was like. I had a meltdown. <laughs> so I think TikTok was a way for me to figure myself out in the process. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So the comedic part came out and um, also did a video about my husband pissing me off. <laughs> that was like five, six million views where he pissed me off and I put some water in front of the washing machine, pretending it was broken and he was working at it for two hours. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was like, wow. You know, and then people... People connected with me through their own husbands, and then my husbands pissing us off, us women. <laughs> right, right, right. So yeah, I just you know, took that as a yes to going towards this direction and see what you know he had for me. And I and I had no idea was what I was doing really. I I just did it. I just right. kept doing it. You know. So then the uh, Iranian video. What was
0: the audience for that? The um, different words with the Iranian accent. Like, who was watching that?
1: I think a lot of Iranians did watch it. A okay. lot of non-Iranians also watched it. Okay. Um. So I think it was just more of a funny video, but also, like, people commented that, okay, my parents have a different, totally different accent than me and, and how they're supposed to talk. So a lot of people related on a different level, talking about their own family with their own you know language and accent so
0: okay so not necessarily even Iranians like being like oh my okay yeah exactly and then what about the the husband one wasn't necessarily Iranians either it was just uh that was just husband
1: yes anyone who has Um, a husband (laughs) (laughs) for a while because of the hate that I got from the Iranian community and when I say Iranian community I'm not talking about you and people like yourself right right Just the ones that perhaps are not educated enough. (laughs) Um, I just stopped using the hashtag Iranian or Persian. Interesting. I just use hashtag like married life or husband and wife, you know. So it kind of attracted non-Iranians. I would say 99% were non-Iranians, non-Persians. Wow, okay. So we kind of... um, you know, bonded over our husbands, pissing us off, right? They didn't care if I was Muslim, Iranian, wearing a scarf. They just loved the fact that I talked bad about my husband. Right. They loved it.
0: Which, yeah. So I'll go back to kind of my observations of first finding you. So I found you and because you made this video about Farsi and I'm very new to TikTok. I just, uh, I'm also of that 40 age. And I was like, "That's I'm too old for that. And so so, uh, I didn't even go there. And I was like, I don't need another thing to be addicted to. So I finally, you know, was like, there's not enough Iranian content out there. I need to just like get on all these platforms. So I got TikTok and then I saw your video about Persian. But even that I was like, is she Iranian? I can't really tell. Like she, there's something about her. Okay. So she has these videos about Iran, but then she has these videos. You have a lot of videos about your narcissism and like yeah. your, your experiences My with ex- that. Best. Exactly, exactly. Like, inter- so I I binge watched your videos. I was like, I got to learn more. Like, what what did this narcissistic husband do? And then what did her husband do today to piss her? You know, her nice husband do to yes. piss her off today? And, yeah. the- <laughs> and then what is the you know? And then I realized, like, right, you relate to people on a like human level to where you forget that you're Iranian or you're. You have some some videos where you really play up your accent and it's very funny. Yeah. But then you have some videos where you're just talking and you're talking yeah. about snacks or. <laughs> exactly.
1: That's a big deal because, and, and I'm glad you brought this up because at the beginning I kind of have like a couple videos about religion and religious freedom, and the amount of fight that there was in the comment section. I was like, I don't want to do that. Right. Then I talked about a little bit about politics, just kind of touched on it. It's like, no, that's a lot of fight in the comment section. So I kind of sat down one day and I was like, what is something that everybody agrees on? What is it? It's food, snacks, it's whatever you're eating. So I started eating in my videos. I started with, (laughs) I think, cucumber pickles, like the Iranian kind. And I was like, everybody was asking, where'd you get that? What are you eating? Nobody was asking me, what is that on your head? What is your religion? Where are you from? Nobody was asking, they were just asking, what are you eating? (laughs) So I started eating to kind of use that as a bonding (laughs) mechanism or, you know, just for everybody to understand that also human, Um, I make mistakes, I'm not perfect. You know, I I do not belong to any political organization. I'm not here, I do not have an agenda. I'm just a woman, Muslim, Iranian, whose husband pissed her off. That's
0: all. <laughs> well, that's exactly, I mean, that that brings
1: up more like memories for me. So I,
0: I I was telling you before we started recording, I started this program in 2009. And the reason I started it is because Obama was doing all these sanctions at the time. And there was all oh, like Iran was in the news every day with something negative. So I said, OK, I have yeah. to do something. And I come from, you know, an activist background. I would go to Iraq war protest. I would do all this stuff. But then I thought, you know, the most effective way, I thought, okay, should I be a journalist and come like talk against this? Should I talk about how bad it is that everyone's like, you know, stereotyping yeah. Iranians? And then I said, no, I should just be Iranian, like just be myself. And, you know, through this podcast, there's nothing political about the podcast. You know, I never bring up politics. I never bring up, I just show the cooking, I show the traditions, I show. So these are the funny words that we have. And then I think that is the way you r- make real change. Like what you're doing on this mass scale, like this person in Kentucky can watch your video and relate with you and your struggles with your husband. And then they forget that you're wearing hijab. And that's what really attracted me to your work is that I think that you're humanizing (laughs) Muslims, you're humanizing Iranian. Iranian. Yeah, Yeah. definitely, definitely. Uh, So I I really relate with that. And I really appreciate the work that you do also. Yeah, thank you so much. Exactly what we need to be doing. So (laughs) now let's get to the diaspora. (laughs) Okay, so um, one other thing that I noticed on your videos is that the worst comments on your videos are from Iranians. And they are from, Mm -hmm. like you said, a lot of Iranian women. So can you tell me a little bit about that, like your relationship with the diaspora?
1: Yes. So um, I turned off my TikTok messages on TikTok because it's just getting out of hand. So I told everybody, I'm just going to answer messages on Instagram because it's just easier. So that kind of brought everybody from TikTok as well, to my Instagram, and then they kept messaging me. Well, I saw your TikTok videos and you're not supposed to wear that thing over your head, you know. Now look at their name, like Mitra something. I'm like, Mitra is like Iranian. What is this? Right? The next message, the next message, you know, why are you eating? Don't you think you're going to get fat? Your husband's going to leave you. <laughs> Don't you want to do your nose? It's crooked. <laughs> You're an Iranian. It's so cheap. Just go home and do it. Wow. <laughs> I mean, just constantly, like it's it's never ending, right. you know. And um, one of the comments that I get is very common is that they're like, when you wear the scarf outside Iran, you're not supporting the Iranian inside Iran who are being forced to wear it against their will. Right. Okay. That confuses me. That confuses me because. There are a lot of, you know, women outside Iran who are being forced to take it off against their will. So I ask them, are you supporting them as well? They don't answer back. They're, you know, speechless. And I'm like, I asked you a question. If you want me to support them, which I do, I've, I've supported them more than you possibly can possibly imagine, right? In Different ways. And I have a platform and I still do it. And you don't. But do you also support women in France? Do you support women in Turkey? Do you support women in India who are being forced to take it off? People actually just walk to them and just pull it off. If someone did that with your pants, you'll be upset. Right, right. right. So I don't don't know why they don't understand that. And I know it comes from religious and political trauma, but why am I the punching (laughs) back? I don't understand that. And, and it's really frustrating and it hurts me a lot because as an Iranian, you should know better. Right. You should understand racism better. Right. right? And these are the same people who say, oh my gosh, so-and-so politician is racist. <laughs> right? But you are doing the same kind of work. Right. right. To your own people. But, you know, I'm I'm just here to educate as well. So I'm I try to be as nice as I can be. <laughs> You know, towards them and then, you know, take that opportunity and kind of teach them a lesson about how there are women in my comment section around the world who message me actually have about seven or eight women that they're like, my husband doesn't want me to wear this scarf and I do want to wear it. And we do not hear this part. We do not focus on women who actually want to wear it because it's part of their identity It's part of their modesty. Modesty comes in different forms, right? I have friends who do not wear a skirt past their knees. That's a form of modesty. You know, it's just different ranges, right? And they're like, what do I do? I'm like, I don't have an answer for you. (laughs) I really don't. But I'm glad you're sharing this with me because this allows me to share it with my audience, to show them that there are women out there that actually choose to wear it against their husband's will, right? And they're fighting for that. Right. Just a piece of cloth with so much controversy, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Well, is there a group of diaspora that you feel like you are connected with? Or what is your Iranian community right now? Do you have a community? You know how you have a circle of friends?
1: Mine is just a dot. I've chosen to keep that dot. (laughs) And just couple, kind of keep a couple of friends that I feel comfortable with. To share uh, everything um, about my life. And I'm going to say this, a lot of people don't talk about this, but having friends who are Iranian can be problematic. <laughs> a lot of drama going right. on, a lot of drama. You know? So I don't like to be part of that drama. So I've chosen just a couple of friends to be really good friends with and keep them close by. Right. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do feel like I don't choose my friends based on religion or whether they're wearing this scarf or not. I don't care if you're a doctor or you didn't finish high school. I think it's all about them understanding me and where I came from and me understanding them and where they came from. I, I just have friends from all over, pretty much from different backgrounds. Right. Whatever feels right, you know, if we have fun together and we, we talk about ourselves and yeah, I mean, you know, just just have a sense good sense of humor. That's that's a good friend right. to have.
0: Well, I think that's kind of the next step for the diaspora is like. You know, we've been trying so hard to be accepted and to blend in and to, you know, be seen a certain way. Like, I think that there's a lot of prejudice of uh, Iranian women, uh, you know, they're all, they all wear, wear mini skirts and look how open we are and look how, how like this we are. And it's very telling that we can't be uh, tolerant to someone who looks very traditionally Iranian or like yeah, has, you know, yeah. different values or is Muslim or is, you know, I think that's our next, like, we need to really confront how we deal with t- people that have different beliefs than us and, like, be tolerant of beliefs yeah. and yeah. not be so close-minded.
1: Yeah. I remember I one time went to LA. I went oh, wow. to wow. Okay, yeah. Tell me about this. <laughs> and I went to different bookstores or different bookstores there, and I was just so fascinated because in North Carolina, we do not have that. We don't have that, right? And I, I feel like so at home and just so at peace. And this guy comes to me. He's like, did you just come from Iran? I'm like, no, I've been here a long time. And he's like, you're going to take your scarf off. You know? Wow. I'm like, I just, I'm just looking at this beauty, your your store, your beautiful, you know, uh, books that you have. And this is what you're telling me. Wow. Like, you know, if it's a guy. I was like, yeah, I didn't enjoy it so much. And the looks that I get, and, uh, I mean, it's just not... I don't feel comfortable. I don't. And I do understand their point of view, but I feel like they don't understand my point of view. Right, right, (laughs) definitely. So that's why when you ask me, you keep uh, friends within your community, or Iranian community, I'm like, I don't so much care about that because not everybody is so understanding and welcoming. Right, right. You know, I remember, and and again, (laughs) I'm kind of scared to tell these stories, but I feel like it's time to talk about it. Yes, exactly, exactly. You know, I, I really value Iranian culture, like Noruz. I went to this Noruz party, and they had different like tables where everybody would sit around. So I went with my friend who also wore a scarf. So we sat at this table, and they would bring you like uh, shirini, you know, Iranian pastries, and chai, and put a little flour in the middle. So they brought it for everybody but us. Wow. Yeah. And we keep telling them, can we have some shirini, please? Um, Yes, yes, we'll bring you. Can we have some tea? Everybody's drinking tea. Like we're just, because, wow. you know, the smell of pastries and tea and just no rules. You want to have fun. And Um. so we were the last table they brought it to us, even though we were right in wow. front of them where they brought everything yeah. out. And I was so upset. So that was my last the last time that I went to a news party here in North Carolina oh. I'm just, no <laughs> I'm sorry I <I'd>, yeah <laughs> no that's okay it's okay I, then I found out some Iranians who are you know a little bit more religious and they all wear a scarf had a little program for Noros and I just felt safe there <laughs> didn't feel like you know I was, you know, being singled out and kind of put to decide because you don't matter. You know? well, I, I want
0: to read you something, actually. Um, it's not just you. I, I think this is very important to talk about because, like I said, like we're I feel like we're a uh, kind of young community on social media. And, you know, all these Iranians are kind of getting connected and, and talking. And, you know, it's important for us to have these conversations and to really be conscious of like how we act towards people and 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 that. But um, this is something that you know Samin Nusrat, who wrote uh, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, that's her book, and then she also has a Netflix series. A and she you know writes for the New York Times, and she's also a very prominent Iranian. But she does look different than our like ideal uh LA Persian woman as well. Like uh-huh. looks different, and you uh-huh. know doesn't only do Iranian things. But she did publish a series of uh, Iranian food in the New York Times, and she's been doing. A little bit more of that, like for Noduz, she has like a list of Iranian food, da-da-da. But she posted for Noduz this year, and she said, I've struggled for so long to find the best way to relate to my heritage. My whole life, I haven't been Iranian enough for much of my own family or the right kind of Persian woman, whatever that means for other Iranians. And ever since my show came out, I faced nonstop scrutiny from Iranians about all the ways I'm doing it wrong. Just one small reason I don't read comments or messages it can be hard to love being Iranian when it feels like Iranians don't always love me back. And I felt like that Yes, you a hundred
1: percent. You know, I, it's funny because when you messaged me, I'm like, should I tell her about the negative <laughs> messages you might receive after she put her podcast up? Cause it's going to be bad. And I was like, you know, Leila June seems like very open-minded and I love the way you approached, you know, the first conversations that we had. So I was like, I think I'm gonna give it a try because I gotta yeah. do this. I gotta put my message out there, then. and I invite people <laughs> to just bring it on because that's what we're
0: we're yeah. gonna be doing more of this, and um, gonna be having more of these conversations. And I hope to really be a platform for people to talk. And one one other thing that I want to bring up that we talked about before the show, and you had some really good insights on, is there's a lot of these like Persian meme sites and things. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of male comedians. I know that women. Female comedians in the Iranian diaspora are also very frustrated because they don't get the recognition that men do. I feel like um, a lot of the gatekeepers in the Iranian culture are men. There are all these meme sites up, different platforms that publish really problematic videos, I think, that are very misogynistic, very chauvinistic, nationalistic, all this stuff. But also they post content, they repost content, like content from yours. And when you first came on Instagram, for example, there was a video that you'd done teaching in a classroom. And one of these sites posted that and I read through the comments and I was very upset about the comments. <laughs> I think I think that's actually when I reached out to you and I was like, let's talk. Uh, let's have a conversation. Can you tell me a little bit about that experience?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, the owners of the sites mean well, because, you know, he was very nice and just really uh, kind and compassionate. But, you know, he. I think they can do better for sure, you know, but if, you know, if you have 300 comments and then 200, I don't know, 90 of them are negative, is he going to delete all of them? Probably not, you know, this is part of his Instagram page. And i give him that because it's his page and his, you know, platform, but he did reach out to me and kind of, you know, asked me if it was okay to post that video because I thought it was kind of funny and relatable to a lot of people. And, um, you know, he posted it. I didn't think much about it. And then, after a couple of hours, I came just to see, you know, what kind of feedback I've gotten from that video, just to give me an idea for my next. Right, right. right? But all the Iranians were like, disgust. This is disgusting. Like, <laughs> what is disgusting about this? Like, uh-huh. I mean, the words that they said, I cannot tell wow. you right now, but I tried. And I was shaking. My hands were shaking because I was like, this is not the support I get from my own page. I would say 95% of the people that follow me on my page are non-Iranians, non-Persians. And it's just nothing but positive. And the ones that are negative, let's say I have, I don't know, 100 negative uh, messages that they send me, I would say 90 of those are from Iranian women. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, I'm confused. Like, am I required to be Iranian? Yes. But they're like, you're not Iranian enough. Right. Why are you making fun of our accent? I'm <laughs> like, you have to understand when I make, I don't make fun. I'm just, this is how my parents speak. And Yeah, right, right. This is how my, you're Iranian. My parents speak. This is right. <laughs> I get inspiration from them, right? Mm-hmm. To show that this is okay to have an accent It's totally fine. It's beautiful, right? Right. It's beautiful. I mean, they can't change their accent all of a sudden at age fifty, right? But you know, what I mean, they came here where they're like in their forties. Sometimes can't grasp that accent so well, like the younger <laughs> generation, right? And it's a very sweet accent. <laughs> it is sweet accent. So, and I also um I also show them about the beauty of Persian language and just Iran, the beauty of Iran. So, on my Instagram, I post a lot of picture about like Persian heritage, Persian calligraphy Persian art and all that stuff uh, I showed them the pictures of Tehran and I tell them why don't you find a camel here see how many camels we can find <laughs> <Right>? oh, <yeah. laughs> they laugh and, and they get the message they're like we've been at it for an hour I can't find any camels where are <laughs> they <hidden?" laughs> maybe try to find in the traffic of Tehran maybe you can find one or two <laughs> uh, you know I show them the beauty of the northern part of Iran you know near the Caspian Sea and they're like is this Iran? I'm like, yes, this is Iran. And I have a lot of Iranian moment, women in my comment section, in my message is saying, you have to talk about how people are miserable right now. You have to talk about the human violation. You have to talk yes, about bravery. Right, right, right. If you want to learn about that, watch CNN or BBC or Fox News. <laughs> there's plenty. There's, there's plenty out there. You can just watch that. But I want to show people that Iran has also a different side. It has its own beauty. The people are, you know, to some extent enjoying themselves. Yes, the political atmosphere is really difficult. The econ- economy is going downhill by the hour, right? Oh, yeah. But do I want to talk about that? When you go to, I don't know, Germany, do you talk about political <laughs> the country when you get back? Right. You just talk about the food. You go to Amsterdam, you go to Belgium. You're like, oh, look at the waffles I had. And right. so I did that. I went to Iran this summer and I talked about the food. And like, what are you talking about the food? People can't afford it. I'm like, the <laughs> restaurant was packed. Like, what are you talking <laughs> Right. Do you understand that, you know, people have, things have gotten very difficult for, for people. You know, I, I do recognize that. But do I have to constantly talk about it every time I share a picture of kebab that <laughs> I have with my friends next to a beautiful river in the northern parts? I mean, that's all I want to show you. Right. <laughs> but you don't understand that. Right. So then what, ha- what ended up happening with the video? Did he take it down? Yes, I did ask him um, to take it down and he did. I just couldn't oh. take it anymore. I, don't ha- I didn't have the mental capacity to deal with it because right. I'm not strong. I'm, I'm not I'm just human, you know. Right. So yeah, he was nice enough to take it down and I appreciate that.
0: yeah, but I do think these these Persian meme sites do bring out the worst in Iranians like the uh-huh. like I said, the chauvinism, the nationalism, the racism, the homophobia, the misogyny, all that all of it. So then there's something wrong with those pages and we need to
1: yeah <laughs> we need and to- when, when I come in and show the beauty of Iran and the Persian culture and the language, I also get shut down. So all they want is, are those meme channels. Right. Like once I, I don't understand that. <laughs> like I'm trying to right. show the beauty of our country, our heritage, our background. You know, we had an empire, right? I want to show that to everybody. Yeah. But I don't understand the, the hate sometimes. Yeah. It's a closed-mindedness
0: of like this is the only way we want to be portrayed. This is the only way we want our per- people to be portrayed here.
1: It's not Let's working it.
0: though. Right. It's not working <laughs> right. Yeah. right right yeah because look at how many like yeah you're approaching a million followers on tiktok that's what people you know connects with people yeah and so i'm glad and your your voice I'm is fine. being heard
1: and, and you know i have had a lot of people they said now i have put iran on my list of travel destinations amazing you have i have lost count i started counting now it's more than 100 people amazing. so if i can change the mind of 100 people through my stories on instagram amazing. and my videos, I think I'm doing a lot for the Iranian community inside U.S., Canada, abroad, and even for the people inside Iran, for them to see that they're also human beings with normal lives and struggle, right? Right. Um, but I always ask them, I said, what have you done for the Iranian community inside and outside Iran? Silent. What have you done? <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> At least I'm trying doing 1%. Of something to
0: change their mindset. So you were telling me that you didn't like the education system of Iran, but you like the Persian language. So let's talk about the Persian language. What do you like about the Persian language
1: and Persian poetry in particular? Oh my gosh. So when I came back to um, Iran from Sweden, it was all about memorization because the system in Sweden was more like of a hands-on, you know, Montessori style education. And I was top of my class. I was the smartest student in my whole class. when I came to Iran, because it was all about memorization without actually learning it, you know, really well, and then taking the test, I was terrified. I used to sweat. My hands were so sweaty, I could not hold a pen. It would just slide down. You know, the anxiety was was like through the roof. So I just failed almost every subject because, and I was the dumbest in class. So going from, you know, the best, the worst it was just mentally, emotionally, and physically exhausting for me. Right. But when I entered high school, we had to choose a major. There's like three majors you choose in high school. One is like Persian, literature, and poetry, and all that stuff. And sociology, um, I'm translating. <laughs> and then we have, we can... Like adabiyat, okay. Uluma Okay. I don't know how to translate Uluma sani to... <laughs> uh it's uh hu- um humanities humanities I'm sorry yes that's that's correct um so humanity humanities, um Persian literature or um which was more like science you know and then math so I was like I don't want to do math I don't want to do science I just want to do Persian literature and you know learn about poems and you know their stories and how it came about and humanities and all that stuff so I memorized memorized so many Persian poems and just I love Saadi and Nino Hafez, and I just learned how to translate their beautiful poems to like normal Farsi, you know. I'm just fascinated by language in general. And Persian language, I think, is the most beautiful language in the whole world. Am I biased? Yes, I am. (laughs) But it's just so beautiful. It's just, I don't know how to describe it. It's, It's heavenly. We've covered a lot of things.
0: Um, I do want to know about your use of the word ah. <laughs> so there's a um, there's a word ah, and I'll ask you to explain it. But it comes features very prominently in your video. So when did that start developing? I guess when did your personality of TikTok start developing, and mm-hmm. when did that enter into the personality? Yes, this is very much actually- a big part of it, and you haven't said it once in this whole conversation. So I know, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> It just comes out when I do the Persian accent. Can you believe it? Like, if I'm speaking in English, it doesn't come out as much. amazing. It doesn't have that good flow to it. Well, also, we're we're different
0: people depending on what language we speak. Our body language is different. Our, the way we express ourselves is different. So maybe the accent helps that Iranian side of you to come out. Yes. And it's that, that <laughs> Shaytun uh, ah, <laughs> type exactly. of personality. Okay, so tell me about what does
1: it mean and where where did it come from so you know tiktok everybody who kind of gets a little big you know have a big audience on tiktok do have a like catchphrase mm. a lot of people i have my friends or like gorgeous beautiful people like this is how they started or ended depending on how you know what their niche is so ah, uh, kind of comes from me trying to say cuss word right? Because I'm pissed at my husband, (laughs) but because my daughter watches my TikToks and a lot of, I have a lot of young audience or like moms who watch my videos with the little ones. I feel like I cannot use any profanity, you know, just to kind of keep it clean, right? (laughs) So I came up with ah, and I use ah a lot, but it's not very strong as you would think. Mm -hmm. It just ah, you know, i late again, like, you know, but in my videos, I kind of emphasize it more, you know, because it's TikTok and video, you gotta just show it more, right? But I always tell people, ah, it's like a cuss word in disguise, a frustration word, like you just, like, you know, Americans have like, oh, you know, we have ah, so it's pretty much the same, but I kind of make it bigger than it actually is. <laughs> My friends tell me back, and they're like, You're just putting it too emphasis on it. I'm like, I want to. <laughs> it's not that strong. <laughs> yeah. They're like, Yeah, it's, it's working, guys. It's working. It is working. Yes. And I have a lot of people telling me, You know, I was at work today and I was so frustrated and I couldn't say the F word with the patient. And I just said, Ah. And nobody understood what I was that- <laughs> That's
0: good. It's working. It's working. Yeah, that's a good tip. Well, is there anything else that you want
1: to, to say that we haven't covered yet? I think I, I just desperately want to ask the Iranian community, not the ones that have supported me through the beginning and supporting me every day with their kind messages. But because these sometimes hate messages come from Iranians, I expect more. I want someone as an Iranian to understand me and my struggles because we all struggled through politically, religiously, you know, culturally. You know, we are constantly from different parts of the world. And we have had so many struggles as, a, as an immigrant. So we are the ones who understand each other the most. So to be hateful is just something that breaks my heart. And I expect more from the Iranian community because we're the most educated yeah, in America. Mm-hmm, yes. So we should know more, we should read more, we should understand each other be- better, instead of being hateful. Um, so I think we should definitely be, you know, kind to others, but also compassionate to ourselves. And part of that is to be, to be kind of look inward and see where where would you be come from? You know, it was hard. And to to be here that I am today, you are you're today here talking to me. Your parents went through so much, mm-hmm. you know, and and we we need to understand that, from, you know, from each other and be kind and compassionate and, and to- stop the hate, please. <laughs> I <laughs> it, love to it stop my you know flow of work and creating content because I need the support of my followers, whether it's Iranian non-Iranians. And, you know, if I didn't have the support, I wouldn't be here today. Right. So please, more kindness.
0: <laughs> I love it. That's a great message. Thank you, Tara Jun, for everything that you do. I think you're doing really important work and, and I'm glad that you're spending more time on it. And we're going to see more and more from you on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, of course. And these long form YouTubes, like I said, will link to the video that you have of your past. And yes. you're gonna go deep into it about being in Iran and Sweden and everything uh-huh. and um so again that's the real
1: dot, tarajun. dot
0: tarajun.
1: Yes. Okay. the real on dot
0: pa- tarajun on all platforms again we'll link to all of this on the show notes and thank you yeah it was so good to talk to you I it was everything I hoped that it would be. <laughs>
1: yeah. Thank you so much I for having me.
0: You're doing great work. Thank you, you so much. Yes. And hopefully we'll work together. We have a poetry program. And so after this, I'm going to keep you on for a second to talk about maybe we can do a poem together or something. Yes. I <laughs> that would love be, that. That would yes. be a lot of fun. So everyone stay tuned for that as well. And again, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Learn Persian with Trying and Conversation. In addition to these interviews, we also provide lots of learning materials for both the Persian language and Iranian culture. You can check out everything we've ever done on our website at chaiandconversation.com with chai spelled C-H-A-I. Or look us up on Instagram at Conversation. We're super active there as well. This episode was edited by Chadwick Wood, Babak Rajabi wrote and performed our theme music, and I'm your host, Leila Shams. Until next time, khuda hafez we